This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you struggling to get leads from your lead magnet? Are you tired of seeing low conversion rates and losing potential customers? It's time to revive your lead magnet and start attracting more leads. Download our free report, 10 Deadly Lead Magnet Mistakes That Are Costing You Leads, and learn how to create a high-converting lead magnet that engages your audience and drives conversions. Don't let common mistakes hold you back any longer. Revive your lead magnet today and download your free report at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash deadly. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where passion meets entrepreneurship and dreams become reality. I'm Paul Guy, and your Lead Machine coach, host, and international best-selling author and tech marketing and operations expert. I'm passionate about my God-given mission to help entrepreneurs, solo entrepreneurs, coaches, tackle their tech, master their message, and design their dream. Are you ready to unleash your full potential and achieve extraordinary results? Then you are in the right place. We'll dive deep into strategies, insights, and stories of trailblazers who have overcome the obstacles of tech, marketing, and mindset. And they're making a huge impact on their audience and customers. So buckle up and get ready for an exhilarating ride filled with inspiration, motivation, and practical advice. Whether you're just starting out or looking to take your business to the next level, let's get this conversation started and turn your dreams into reality. And thanks for tuning in. In this episode, we'll learn about how to quickly write your book, blog posts, articles, and social media posts with AI, that's artificial intelligence tools. And over the past few months, I've been keeping up with Dan's work because especially with the emergence of all these new tools that are coming out, I'm particularly intrigued by how we can incorporate AI into our daily marketing and operations and why entrepreneurs should consider, every entrepreneur should consider writing one or more books. And so without further ado, as they say, do they still say that, Dan? No, they don't. <laughs> they All should. right. So strike, strike that. Anyway, so I'm thrilled to announce our guest, Dan Janelle, rhymes with canal. Dan Janelle works with entrepreneurs who want to elevate their reputations and set themselves apart from their competition. As a book coach, developmental editor, and ghostwriter, Dan shapes stories and strategies that can transform a career or business. When entrepreneurs write books, they are viewed as thought leaders and trusted experts. Books provide credibility and work like a large business card for our business and services. Yet, many people who want to write books don't finish for many reasons. And I know many of them, because I'm one of them. Dan has written more than a dozen books and has translated into six languages. 
He holds bachelor's and master's degrees in journalism from Northwestern University. He's a former award-winning daily newspaper and business editor, and he's interviewed President Gerald Ford and First Lady Barbara Bush. Let's welcome Dan Janelle. Well, welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate you being here and being interactive in the introduction. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. further ado, people shouldn't say that. <laughs> just, All right, well, I'm, I'm let's get to the meat. Here. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Yeah. So thanks, Dan. We were talking before the show um, uh, about AI and uh, and about this interview, and we we just got off a a summit. It was a virtual summit, and and some of the speakers did talk about AI, and they were talking about, okay, it's really cool. It can really help you, but you got to be real. And so, first of all, we're going to get to that. But why should professionals use AI to write books? Great. There are, there, are, there are things you should use with AI and things you shouldn't use with AI. So we're going to start with the should thing, you, things you should use with AI. AI uh-huh. is great for idea generation. I have a client I'm working with now. Her name is Marilyn. She's a certified financial planner in San Ramon, California, and she's writing a book to help successful senior women plan for their retirement. Mm-hmm. And we started working on this book before AI was a thing. You know, back in December, suddenly it emerged in like February. So we were yeah. working for about two months together and we created an outline for her book. And we were really happy with the outline, about 10, 12 chapters. And it covered a lot of things that you'd expect to see, like estate planning and retirement planning and uh, the stock market and investing and, you know, the normal things. And then AI came along and I said, gee, here's this program that will actually write an outline for a book. So I use that program and I just typed into the prompt, you know, prompt is a query, you know, on, on Google, we say it's a query or a search, same thing in AI, there's this little box you just type your query into, but they don't call it a query, they call it a prompt. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, so don't be intimidated when you see the word prompt, it's just your question, what do you want it to do? So I said, write an outline for a book about financial planning and successful retirement for successful senior women. Just that, as short Mm -hmm. as that. And faster than I said it, AI spat out 18 chapters. And some of them were the same that we had, had, which is obvious. means you're going to have one on trusts and wills and estates. You're going to have some on retirement plan. You're going to have some on, you know, savings and whatever, you know, obvious stuff. Well, the AI program came out with topics like, what do you do with your time when you're retired? So it was more of a holistic, whole body, whole mind kind of approach that we really hadn't thought about. And we said like, yeah, this could be a good chapter in the book. It was like, you have all this Free time now. What are you going to do with it? And it what do you what do you have to plan for? <laughs> well, I went yeah. to Pilates class the other day, and everyone was retired. As it turns out, and it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess today is Friday, but for you people, every day is Friday. <laughs> she's making a joke about it, but you know, I was not retired, of course, because I still help people write their books. Yeah, but, right. Uh, 
it was like, you know, there are people there who are retired, who are lonely, they have nothing to do, they don't know what to do when they wake up. And a lot of people are not retiring anymore. They're taking second jobs, even if it's a, a greeter at Walmart, just so they can get out and be with people. So yeah. the mental aspects of retirement was important. And they had about four or five other chapters like that. I don't remember what they are right now, but they were they were good. Now, we didn't write about all of them. We didn't include all of them in the book, but it gave us ideas that we hadn't thought about. And yeah. then we took it one step further, and we said, outline a chapter in this book. And we just had a sample chapter. It's like, what are the, you know, what should people know about, you know, fill in the blank, investing? And it gave a whole laundry list, shopping list of what you should know about this. What well, what is it? Why how do you define it? Why is this important? What happens if you do it? What happens if you don't do it? What are the different forms of investing? What about stocks? What about bonds? Blah 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 blah. We don't want to bore everyone. But the wow. idea is it gave a lot of terrific information. Now did we use all of it? No. Some of it was way too detailed, you know, too much, don't read. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, we're at that point in everyone's writing a book, you know, people want the short, concise answer. So it went into detail that we could have used if we wanted to, and we could have deleted if we wanted to as well. But again, it came up with those ideas that we hadn't thought of. Because remember, we're writing this book for about two months now. So I said, oh, we missed this hole. We missed that hole. Let's plug this in here. It's an important point or it's a good secondary point. Let's just include that information. It'll be The book will be stronger because of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and it came up with those ideas so fast. That was part of the amazing thing. It, uh, I don't know how it does it. I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know how a record player gets music from a vinyl record out to the speakers either, but it does. We don't even know how, how it does it, but it does. It. Yeah, it does know, it. It does it. Um, so those are some of the, the great ways of using, uh, AI to conceptualize the book, the chapters, the deep chapter outlines. We also used it to create a, a book title. And I found that it's good in some respects and not so good in other respects. It's really good at, at coming up with the standard formula titles, you know, how to win friends and influence people, uh, yeah. seven habits of uh, successful people, those kinds of things. The, those book those titles will work for your book regardless of what your book is about you can't go wrong with any of that but some of the best books ever written have titles that you sort of scratch your head and you wonder and say tell me more like um who moved my cheese right sold 20 million copies of who moved my cheese um <laughs> it's a it's good to great what does that mean well it's how good companies can become great companies you learn that by the subtitle um, so it's really not good at creating those kinds of creative titles, but it's really good at coming up with the descriptive titles. So we use that. So how else did we use it? Um, Marilyn sent me a chapter that was kind of long and kind of meandering and just it wasn't really tightly written, which she admitted, because I can say this in public without embarrassing her. She said, you know, am I on the right track? I know it's kind of long and I went off on some tangents here. Um, should I shorten it? Can you do this for me? Whatever. And I looked at it. I said, yeah, this is what editors do. This is part of our job. Uh, and I, said, I thought to myself, we'll probably take about an hour to do it. And it was late at night. And I said, I'll look at it in the morning. Well, in the morning, I woke up. I said, I wonder what AI can do with this. 
So mm -hmm. I literally just went into AI and I typed in, you know, tighten this chapter. And I pasted it into that little prompt box. And five seconds later, 10 seconds later, it came back with 800 words where there had been 1,500 words. So it really cut it pretty much in half. And it kept all the good stuff in. And it removed all the wordiness and the confusing stuff. And it, it read perfectly. And I said, I don't have to change hardly anything here. And I sent it to Marilyn. I said, you know, here's an edited version of this chapter. What do you think? And I didn't say I rewrote it because I'm I'm all about integrity. I just said, yeah. Here it's rewritten. I didn't say who rewrote it. And here it is. What do you think? And she read it and said, This is great. I love it. And then I told her that AI had rewritten it. And it was wow. in her voice, too. It didn't sound like a machine had written it. It was just very real. And we said, like, great, this just saved me an hour of time, an hour of billable time. So she didn't have to pay me for that hour. Um, do I miss making my hourly wage? Hmm. I hadn't thought hmm. about that. <laughs> it certainly saved a lot of angst and aggravation and work so I could concentrate on more fun things. And I think if AI can just save you from doing the scut work so you can focus on doing more fun things, then that's good. But let me tell you a, a bad thing about AI. We were so thrilled with all the things it could do. We said, gee, I wonder if it can write the back cover copy because it wrote a title, it wrote a uh, uh, you know, the, an outline, a wrote chapter outline. And, and actually we went through all the chapters and did all the chapters and deep outlines to see what we wanted to do and what we wanted to keep. So I wonder if we'll do a good book description. So we went back to the AI program and said, you know, write a book description for this book about retirement for successful senior women. And it wrote four paragraphs that were absolutely delightful. It was warm, it was friendly, it was inviting, there was a call to action. It didn't sound salesy, um, and it was really, really good. It even included a testimonial quote, mm. Susie Orman. And this is where it gets crazy, because A, Susie Orman did not read the book. Why? We hadn't written the book yet. We didn't send it <laughs> to her. She didn't read yeah. it. She did not make up that quote. AI created a quote and stuck her name on that quote. That's scary, folks. AI does what they call hallucinating. In other words, it makes mm. stuff up. And these yeah. people are a little bit nuts. You know, they create these friendly sounding words or non-offensive words like hallucinate. That almost sounds like fun, you know. Uh, but it's not. You know, they made terms like cookies. Cookies, oh, cookies are nice, they're sweet, they're crunchy, everyone loves a cookie. But if you called it a tracking device that monitors every keystroke you make on the internet so we can harvest that information and target ads to you so we can sell you stuff, no one would want a cookie. People wouldn't call it a tracking device, they call it a cookie. Same with AI. They call it hallucinating. So you need to be darn sure that whatever creates for you is real. So if it creates some quotes, make sure that they're real. If it creates even some website addresses saying this information came from this website, double check that to make sure that website actually exists. Because right now, it will make stuff up. And instead of hallucinate, I'll say what it really is. It lies. It lies. It creates. Yeah. Does it plagiarize? I know people are going to wonder about that. It's grabbing stuff off the internet. Well, in some cases it does, and in some cases it rewrites what's existing out there. In some cases, 
the material is so generic, anyone could have written it. And it just yeah. sounds normal. Like if I go to WebMD, you know, you can type in like, you know, what are the cures for acne? And it will have this very professional written article about what acne is, what causes it, what you should do, when you should see a doctor, uh, what medic medicines you could take for it, whatever, all written very professionally, uh, could be written by anyone. And that's the way AI really writes, is this very, I don't say flat, because flat would sound boring, it's not monotone, but very professional sounding words. So yeah. people are probably saying to themselves, well, can I do this? Can I just like go into AI and say, write a book about uh, foot surgery or whatever your readers are, you know, real, how to sell, <laughs> how to sell vacation real estate home, have vacation properties or how to uh, motivate your employees. You can probably find lots of stuff on the internet and that doing your own research and rewrite, or you can ask AI to gather that information for you and rewrite it. But here's the kicker. And this is where I think the ethics come in. The real purpose of a book is to get people to know, like, and trust you. So they see you as the leader who can take them from mess to success. And by the way, I stole that from Donald Miller, who wrote a great oh. book story. Everyone should read it. It's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, it, it is brilliant. I, I when I go for my walks once a year, I always listen to it once a year to get re, to get refreshed. Huh. Um, brand story, Donald Miller. So that's why that's why people are reading a book. So if AI is creating a book, they're not getting to know, like, and trust you. They're not seeing your stories. They're seeing stories that are grabbed on the internet. So I think AI is a good first step for getting the chapter outline, getting the book outline, getting focused. So you never have that blank page syndrome of like, gee, what am I going to write about today? Because you know what you're going to write about because you're writing, you're looking at your chapter list and you're saying, okay, I think I'm going to write about this topic today because it's on this list. And then you can add your own personal case studies and stories and testimonials from your happy clients and your own insights because you've been doing this for five or 10 or 15 or 20 years. And AI can't possibly know all of your, your secret tricks and tips and tactics that you learned along the way, that's what's going to make you stand out from all the other people who are writing generic AI books without adding their own personal insights. So use it as a idea generator prompt tool. Don't use it as 99% of writing your book. I know it's a long answer, <laughs> but I hope I answered most of the basic questions there. You answered a lot. Uh, let's Let's uh, rewind a little bit. One of the things sure. you said when, when you first went into uh, the 18-chapter the story, uh, here's how AI can be misused. And I've noticed this. Um, one of my clients is using it. And uh, I saw her, her email going out promoting one of, one of her ev events. And, uh, you know, as copywriters, you, want, you write bullet, blind bullet points that that want that entice you to want to come to the to the event and uh the bullet points were good but there were like 12 of them there, mm -hmm. there's too many there's just too many and i think she just copy and pasted them and um i'm not sure of that but you can tell you can tell when when it's so well written and uh there's so much of it that 
there is no life in it. It's just it's regurgitating what's what's already been said, or you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so while it's very useful, and I, I I've used it several times today, and made uh, it made so much sense out of what we were trying to accomplish. We actually fed a um, this uh, a title and an introduction and a, a good outline, and we said, here's the title, here's here's the introduction. Here are the keywords that I want you to write, and here's here's my outline. Write, rewrite this, or write it, write an article optimized for these keywords, mm -hmm. and make sure you pay attention to this, this, and this. And that that's a prompt, and that's a big prompt because th there's a lot of information that we gave the AI monster, and uh, the chat the chat bot we call it. And it came back with a very well-written product description. Uh, actually, it was a blog post, uh, about 800 words. And we pared it down and we said, ah, that's not accurate. No, no, no. That's not how we would say that. That that doesn't mean it. But it saved us a lot of time. Saved us a lot of time. And then we, we, we wrote the places where uh, the introduction and where we framed it. And we, we, we changed the language so that it would match our tone. We actually use Grammarly, another tool, to, uh, to help us with that matching of the tone. So, so we weren't just regurgitating stuff. And so you can always see that. So I guess that's one of the drawbacks. Are there any other drawbacks that you see with using AI besides what you've just mentioned? Well, I think you, I love your story and I love your case history. And I think it really points out to two or three really key points. And that is that there will always be a need for consultants and coaches and experts like us. And I thank those the people on the call because there's that fine tuning that you did to AI. It got you close, but it was wrong in certain areas or it was a little bit off base or a little bit off kilter or it was too much that people won't read this. So right. uh, there will always be a need for people like us to look over AI's shoulder and correct it and make it our own for our clients. So I think that's a really good point. I, uh, I actually had AI write three sales letters yesterday. I have a new JV partner. And he said, yeah, oh, we want to promote your book to our, to our people. Can you send me three sales letters so I can put them into our, our, our mix? And, um, I'm not the world's best copywriter. I'm a I'm a journalist. Uh, I write the facts, ma'am. Uh, I don't write. <laughs> hard for me to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But I just went into chat and typed a longer prompt that said, "Write three sales letters uh, for this audience that shows them the benefits of reading this book uh, because of, and include these five points." You said keywords. I said points because they're more like oh if you write a book it'll do this and it's slightly longer and it understood yeah. it and in a matter of just a few seconds it had three different sales letters i read through them and like this works for me and your point <laughs> about 15 well I, I i actually gave it parameters i said include five points in right each of these letters and some of them they had the same points some of they but they changed the wording around it. it. It was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Now, did it save me thousands? Of, did it save me six hours of writing? 
Yes. Did it save me money that I would have had to spend on a copywriter? Well, no, because I'm too cheap and I would never hire a copywriter. (laughs) Um, But so it helped me save a lot of time. So where can it go wrong? Um, That's, well, the Susie Orman example is one example. I actually had it write a press release for for one of my new books. And it did the same thing. It created a, oh, it had all the key points for the book, even though I just gave it a few words, you know, writing a book about pickleball uh, tactics for beginners. And it wrote a beautiful press release, but it said the author of the book was, you know, Susie Smith. Like, huh? I wrote the book. (laughs) How did he get that wrong? So I went back to the prompt and I typed in, you know, using this Amazon webpage for this book, write a 700 word press release about it. And then it got it right. It had the wrong website in there. So what can go wrong? These little details, your name, your title, your positioning, the the website you abandoned six years ago, but it's still there because you changed your marketing, (laughs) but you're keeping the old one up for any number of reasons. Uh, Plagiarism is probably another big thing, you know, because it is taking material out. Uh, So you need to double check that. And there are actually AI tools that will test to see if your material is plagiarized. So that's part of it. Grammarly also has a tool that will look for plagiarism uh, as well. And we talked about the idea that it makes stuff up. So it's being one of the problems of of, uh, AI. But on the whole, it will save you a lot of time and energy and get you kickstarted in the right direction. So you know, the, the genie is out of the bottle, the toothpaste is out of the tube, it ain't going back, we got to use it, we got to figure out how to get the most out of it. So it works well with us. I know realtors who are using AI to create product, product descriptions for houses. Yeah. And, you know, it saves them time so they can do the high energy, high dollar, high return, high client contact kind of information or services that they that they need to provide. And so I say like, gee, how do I talk about uh, this house needs to be fixed up in, in a way that uh, I haven't written about 500 times before? You know? <laughs> yeah. It can save people a lot of time and energy. And I think that those are two real reasons to use it. Plus, for the most part, AI is free. There, there's so, so many free tools. Uh, you know, ChatGPT, Bard, uh, Microsoft is going to be building AI tools into Word and their other programs. Canva has an AI part built in now. I mean, it's 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 going to be part of our lives and everything faster than we can possibly know it. And I'm delighted that you're interviewing me, and I hope this interview isn't out of out of uh, touch in six months because it just leapfrogs so fast. Well, we'll just do another interview. We'll do that. I like that. Yeah. I yeah. Did a, can I tell a funny story? Uh, sure. Really funny, but it's like just another use. You find uses for AI every day. Um, so I do a lot of podcasts just like you do. And one of the things I hate to do are show notes. And, uh-huh. you know, it's like it takes time. It's okay. Some people's show notes are very long. Some people's are very short. You know, but it takes time and energy. So I did a podcast today and I figured like, I hate doing this. I wonder what AI would do. So I copied the transcript and I pasted it into AI. And I said, take this transcript and write podcast show notes. 
uh, that highlight five key points from this podcast and write the bullet points in the form of questions. And faster than it took me to explain this to you, it wrote back two responses. One was really short that had four lines of introduction, you know, uh, Dan interviews this person at this company and they talk about uh, new marketing methods for books. Uh, they discuss things like book covers. What are the best designs for book covers? So they put it in the form of a question. Uh, what's really working with social media? Now, I've been writing things like, you know, uh, you know, it, it wrote that stuff for me. And then in the longer version, it had that same information and bullet points. So book covers. Dan, Dan asked uh, uh, Georgie if uh, a person's face should be on the cover of a book. Georgie disagreed for these reasons. Dan disagreed for these other reasons. Next point. Like, holy cow. Yeah. It was like having a high-level secretary go through the transcript and isolate those points, write them. And it was perfect English, perfect grammar, and easy to read. And it knew it was a podcast because it said, we've removed the timestamps for readability. And I thought, oh, I could have asked it to put the timestamps in. So people, yeah. And some people on their show notes do that. And it did they it do. within five minutes. Yeah. And, you know, I pasted it into my Word file. I could upload it to my production team and they could, you know, format it for email and take care of it from there. It's like, oh, I just saved myself easily half an hour figuring all this out. So it's amazing that you can think that if whatever you do with AI, whatever you do normally, think about if you could do it with AI and you might find it does it faster. And in my case, it did it better. It honestly, putting my, what I would have written, what I've written 175 other times for my other 175 podcasts, <laughs> this, was, this was markedly better, markedly. It's like, wow. Now, now, what I did was I have a transcription. Uh, I use a tool called Audiate, uh, mm -hmm. which transcribes audio. It's from TechSmith. And uh, I had it, uh, it, it produced 8,900 words. And I, I tried to have, have the chatbot uh, consume all that, and it, it, it was too much for it. So what I, so what I went over, I, I saved it to a, to a text file, and I put it in my Dropbox. And I went over to Bard because because ChatGPT, depending on which version you're using, can't read real time stuff. Uh, so I went over to Bard and it. I said, "What's the best way to give you a large text file?" And it said, "Put it in a, a Dropbox <laughs> or some share file, and and give me the link." So I said, "Here's the link. Write a summary and highlight the key points of this podcast on the Lead Machine Growth Show for this guest." I was the Paul Guyon as the host, Renee Brandon is the guest. And and it wrote a summary, probably six, seven, eight hundred words, that now I can use uh, I, I'm gonna use it in my newsletter tomorrow, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, I'll take some of that and say, here's why you should listen to this episode. Instead of just copying and pasting the bullet points that's on the my uh show page my episode page i'll show here what's inside here's what you're going to learn and here's some points that 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 came up during the interview uh so i'm not going to post the whole transcript i'm just posting a summary and i can now take those little little snippets 
and and share them on social media uh, in different places and make little videos or, or whatever whatever I can can do with that. So it gives that show a lot more legs when you can take take that that with it. Yeah. So we are getting off on some tangents, but it's fun. Yeah. But, but 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 I think I think that you raise a good point here. And some people are saying, well, I don't do a podcast. How does this relate to me? Well, you probably are in meetings or you're interviewing right. clients or right. whatever. It's the same process. You can right. have a, I create a summary and do all the things that I just said and all the things that Paul just said when you're doing your meetings with your clients and your your direct reports and all that. So it's it's amazing what you can do when someone else shows you that it can be done. I picked up a couple of points from what you said. You said the show host's name was, you know, Paul and your guest was named the other. It's like, oh yeah, you can tell it to do that. <laughs> so more yeah. detail. And, uh, you know, do we want 15 bullet points here? Do we want five bullet points? Do we want 50 words? Do we want 500 words? And you can repurpose all that material for your marketing, for, for your blog posts and such like that, your social media marketing. So, yeah, great ideas. Great ideas. And, and the thing, the thing is... It would cost hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars if you <laughs> hired it out or even if you went to Fiverr and hired someone to do this. Right. Um, yeah, this is cool. And the thing is, you know, we, we've been talking about this... Uh, Really, the chatbot is it's a conversation. So you can feed it, you can tell it about your 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 tone, you can teach it things. Uh, you can teach it how, you know, I, I'm I'm sort of formal but casual. I use uh, you know, casual language. Uh, this is my audience, uh, this is my uh, preferences. I use uh, metaphors and things like that. Uh, and I can teach it how to write in my in my uh, in my own voice. So that's the next question is how do we get it to write in our, to read and write, uh, to write and produce output in our voice? Okay. Um, I've actually created a prompt that can do that. And I, I can share that in the chat and you can show that in your show notes if you like. Okay. Um, but I love what you just said about telling chat what you want to see in it like you want to use metaphors you want to use similes you want to use a friendly casual tone i think that's really really cool and if you just did that that would probably be enough i've written this prompt that analyzes someone's voice based on what they've previously written ah, so if yeah. you know what your voice sounds like you can use this prompt to do that and I did it with something I had written and it said, you know, authoritative, persuasive, uh, and had other really, really nice, positive words that made me feel really, really good. Then <laughs> I ran it through uh, someone else's writing and it said warm, friendly, humorous. And I thought, darn, that that's kind of cool. I, I would like to be warm and, <laughs> and humorous. Uh, uh, so it, it can write in that way. And I've amazed a couple of my other friends with their, you know, daily newsletters and just as sort of as a lark, I'll run their stuff by them. And, you know, one person used a lot of similes and analogies and uh, another person uses statistics. And then you may not realize what you're doing or how you're writing. So uh, I'll, I guess we're, we're recording this. I'll send you the chat or the prompt via email actually I'll, it's easier if i put it into email and then you can share yeah. with people 
and okay. tried to credit it with me, and I'd appreciate that, but that's cool. Um, yeah, so the other point you raise is garbage in, garbage out, you know, which has been a term around computers since the beginning of time. And if you tie, if you tie, if you ask them to do the wrong thing, it'll do, it'll do the wrong thing. So the other day I was working with a client and he was going to have a new uh, service on, well, like, why does your web, website suck? You know, he's going to do something on, you know, why, uh, and it's for website reviews. So I went to chat GPT and I thought, okay, this will be kind of fun. I'll ask it and it will give me some marketing points because it's done that for me before. So I typed in, why does your website suck? And it wrote back, I'm really sorry you don't like my website. I'll try <laughs> to improve next time. I'm, uh, I really appreciate your feedback and your comments. And, uh, you know, thank you very much. I thought, oh, man. <laughs> I typed the wrong thing. So I went back <laughs> in and I typed in create a great five bullet points for a sales letter for a consultant who's creating a training program to show people why their websites aren't performing as well as they should. <laughs> I came back with five perfectly good things. The technology, the tone, the photography, the size of the type, the branding message. You ask it the right question, you just might get the right answer. You ask it the wrong <laughs> question, you might be off in Never Never Land. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we're, we're, uh... do you have some more time? Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. Great. Um, We've talked a lot about AI, and it's, it's it's really thrilling to talk about it. But you've got this write a book in a flash, and of course, we're using AI. Um, so, what kind of stories? We we'll talk about books now a little bit. Uh, what kind of stories should a coach or a small business owner write? Okay. What kind of book should he write? Great. So we're get, we're getting off of AI now. We're talking about you know write your book in a flash, and yeah, uh, you know I. I there, 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 there are a couple of key key points here. Number one, no one wants to read a long book anymore. You know, the days of good to great and in search of excellence, a three, 400 page book with lots of uh, information. No one wants to read that. People yeah. today get on a plane in New York and finish the book by the time they get to LA. And I told yeah. that that is a joke one time in one of my seminars and someone raised their hand and they said, uh, you're wrong. I said, really? He said, yeah, they want to finish the book by the time they fly over Kansas City. <laughs> oh yeah you're right so even shorter we have really short attention spans today yeah so if you're thinking of writing a book and saying oh my god it's too big it's too long i can't possibly write a book that's because it's such a giant elephant well the way you eat an elephant is one chunk at a time and the right. realize today is that a book today is between 20 and twenty-five thousand words not 40 60 or eighty thousand words it's 20 to twenty-five thousand words if you break that down into 10 chapters each chapter is 2,500 words. And if you look at the size of an average blog post, it's like 500 to five to 5,000 words. You're talking about a long blog post. So I want to make the process easy for everyone to say like, oh yeah, I write blog posts all the time. I can just expand this and, and do that. And I can, I can do that. So that's the first key point. Second mm -hmm. key point is the only reason people read a book is to solve their problems. And the only reason you're writing a book is to attract 
readers or prospects who have problems that you like to solve. So the yep. intersection of those two is where the stories come from. So let's say you like to solve certain problems, then you're going to talk about those. Let's say there's certain problems that you can solve, but you hate solving because they take too much time, too much energy, too much money, too, like crisis communications. I, mean, I can do PR. I can help people with their branding and their positioning. When it comes to crisis communications, you never sleep because there are always people yelling at you and new things are emerging. You know, this, this plane crashed or the, 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 something exploded or you can't pay me enough money. I don't want to write a book that would attract those kinds of clients. You know, So you're probably thinking to yourself like, yeah, there's some kind of energy vampires, time sucks that just take more time or they attract the kinds of clients who are just pains to work with or they just don't pay enough money. Yeah, so, I call that the, the sweet spot. I call that the sweet spot. There's an intersection of what you, what you know and what people want to buy or what they want to solve and right. what you can solve. And there's an intersection there in the middle there uh where you that's that's where you want to play and so that's perfect that's where that is exactly we're, we're on the same page we're using slightly yeah. different terms slightly different visuals uh, -huh. uh but right. we're, we definitely agree there so those become the eight chapters in the middle so what are the eight things that you like to work on that can make you the most money that attract the best clients and repel the ones you don't want and then you fill those chapters with case studies and statistics and quotes and information and tips, maybe coaching questions or questions to ponder. So, uh, for example, I, I I helped a former NFL player write a book about uh, how student athletes can get can succeed in the real world because like a lot of kids go to college, they want to be in the NBA. The NBA selects maybe sixty people a year. Everyone else, you know, has to get a real job, and these yeah. people have never had real jobs because they've always been, you know coddled and moved along because they're great athletes but they they don't know how to do things like how to apply for a job how to interview whatever so this book is about that so every week we would meet for an hour or so and uh we'd go through his process so let's say he had a chapter on attitude so we talk about what is attitude how does he define attitude what are examples of a good attitude? So he tell a story about a teammate who'd walk into the locker room who was bright, cheerful. He walked into the room. Everyone just felt happier when he was in there. Smiles on faces. He's patting people on the back and praising them. And everyone just felt really, really great around him. That's an example of a good attitude. So that's a story. You know, Joe comes in and Joe has this million dollar smile and everyone's happy to see him. And you tell the story. You add some dialogue and it's wonderful. So you show the process. In the business setting, we might also add numbers. So we had this problem. We tried these things. It didn't work. Then we brought in Paul. Paul interviewed people. Paul uh, did an assessment of where we were. He made some suggestions. We took those suggestions to heart. We hired him to do this. We had our staff do that. And six months later, we saw the results. And our RO, our, our profits were up by 50% in our 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 investment in him was you know six times what we paid him and we're so glad we hired him that's the outline of a business story right. so those are the kinds of stories that get people excited then you can share your process because so i like to call this like you know mary poppins said you know spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down so you may have your tactics tactics are boring he's like do this do that do the other thing it's like that's boring 
But you tell a story about how Paul came in and solved this company's problems that were having these problems. And then you say, oh, gee, that's great. I want to solve that problem too. What are the steps? And then you can go in and talk about your process. And your process either appeals to the people who are in your target audience and it repels the people who are not. I have a friend named Alexandra Watkins. She's a naming expert. She names products. She names brands. She names companies. And mm-hmm. she has a process called the SMILE process. You know, S-M-I-L-E, every letter stands mm-hmm. for a different part of the process. We don't have to get into it. But the point is she wants to put a smile on people's faces when they see her products and her company. So she created the Baconator for Wendy's. You know, put a smile on people's oh. face. There are other products like Kiss My Face. You probably see it at the checkout counters in supermarkets. You know, it's it's a face cream. What's the purpose of face cream? Well, we want to get kissed. So yeah. Kiss My Face <laughs> the name of the product. Yeah. There's another product called like yogurt, a yogurt store in uh, in Utah called Spoon Me for yogurt huh. store. It's cute. It's funny. Yeah. It's great. Guess who she attracts? Fun companies that have cool products that have great people to work with. Who does it repel? Pharmaceutical companies, drug <laughs> companies that want to create names like Xyloquest and Prevagen and things that you can't spell, are hard to pronounce, and frankly sound like Greek or Roman gods you know, from the ancient times. And they sound expensive. And they sound expensive. So she doesn't <laughs> want to talk to them. They don't want to talk to her. The book huh. repels the people you don't want. So you spend your time prospecting with the people who get you. You know, I, I had a friend, I went to his website one time and his head bobbed up and down on the website. And I said, you know, that's really annoying. And he said, good. I said, huh? He said, yeah, I want to attract people who get me and you don't get me. And we're <laughs> friends. It's like, no, I do not get the bobbin head there. That, uh, that doesn't work for me. Maybe we should reevaluate where we're going here. Uh, but for the people who, who like him, that's great. You know, that's what we're looking for. Like you said, that, that intersection of uh, what you like to do and what people want you to do, that's where you need to play. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And um, as we wrap things up, Dan, and thank you so much. It's been great. I think we we definitely need to have another interview because I want to talk deep, uh, go deep deeper into the book, uh, right. into, into writing a book. Uh, I think my our listeners would be would be interested in that. Uh, so as we wrap up with your final words, what are three things our listeners can do today to put these ideas into action? Great question. Um, the first is mindset. You know, don't be afraid of AI. You know, we we use AI even if you don't u- know you're using AI. When you go into Microsoft Word and it auto corrects your spelling, that's AI. Yeah. When you right. go into a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet and you type in the wrong formula in the wrong format, it tells you it's wrong. That's AI. When you go to Siri or Alexa and you say, "Play my music list." or find songs that sound like uh, Judy Collins or Phil Collins or Tom Collins or whatever, then, uh, (laughs) and it does it, that's AI too. So we have been using it gradually over the years. So that's the mindset. Number two, play around with it. It's free. So go to Bard, go to ChatGPT, uh, and just 
type things in, you know, type in, you know, write a title for my book or write a 500 word blog post about this topic. Or uh, I did this once. So write an advert, write a Valentine's Day card for my wife. And it did. <laughs> it said something like, you know, happy Valentine's. And I said, and, and make sure it's not mushy or funny. And it did something very nice. And I printed it out and I gave it to her. And she was not impressed. Why? Because at the end it said, your husband. I didn't personalize <laughs> it. Dear, dear, Bill and me. It's like, so uh, that's the third thing. Double check it. Make sure that it says what you need it to say in the style and tone and voice that you want to say it in and that it hasn't, quote unquote, hallucinated or lied uh, <laughs> to, to, to create material. But on the whole, I think you'll find that it will save you a lot of time, energy and money and will make your life a whole lot easier. And it's only going to get better as time goes on. Agreed. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. So mindset, don't be afraid of AI. You've been using it all along. You know, McCormick, uh, the spice brand, they've been using it for a long time to help uh, analyze the data and the usage and different sense and preferences of people who, wow. um, who, uh, who use their products and they, they actually, they create new, um, new combinations of flavors to uh to for for their r d for their product development i just found that i read that today so uh don't don't be afraid play with it and double check make sure it's accurate and make sure that's real be real always want to be real and um dan has been an amazing guest i appreciate you dan he's offering a special gift today it's called write your book in a flash with ai ethically and in this free PDF book, you will discover how AI, that's artificial intelligence, solves the number one problem for writers that otherwise stops them dead in their tracks. In the process of brainstorming and a simple step-by-step -step process for creating your book online, table of contents, chapter outlines, etc., in, in, uh, in minutes rather than days, and much, much more, go to www writeyourbookinaflash.com forward slash AI. That's www.writeyourbookinaflash.com forward slash AI. And Dan, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, there you have it, Dan Janelle on Write Your Book in a Flash with AI Ethically. It's been so much fun. I really do appreciate you, Dan. Uh, thanks so much. And that's all for now. And remember, faith and action go hand in hand. So put the pedal to the metal. And until next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show, I'm Paul Guyon. Thank you for tuning in to the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.